Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Well, the headline once again coming from President Biden. He's going to unveil his plan to fund Medicare. The plan? Tax the rich. There is a lot of budget gimmickry in uh, all of this. So the question that we have to get to behind the headlines is, does the math add up? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we said, the president has unveiled his plan to fund Medicare, and it does begin with the very regular refrain of tax the rich. But we've got to see how the numbers actually work and why this tends to be really good politics, but never really results in policy that changes the game. Uh, really pleased to have joining us on the program, Christopher Pope, of course, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. And uh, Christopher, we, we hear a lot of these reform plans and they usually begin with uh, such great lines as tax the rich, good bumper sticker stuff. Uh, but does the math really add up in the end? Well, I think it's generous to call this a plan from President Biden. I think it's really an attempt to look like he's trying to do something without really actually doing anything. Yeah, and so as you as you break that down, let's uh, obviously there are a lot of political implications to look looking like you're trying to do something. You're making that effort to do it, uh, but as as you get beyond it, what do we actually have to do? What would what the president is saying? And as you said, it's more bumper sticker than it is actual plan. Uh, what is it? What is he actually saying? And what's the actual reality? So he wrote an op-ed this morning that I think had was proposing a way to. Uh, make Medicare uh, solvent or fiscally sustainable over the long run. Um, so firstly, I think the key thing is really acknowledging that Medicare has a financing problem, which I think only a couple of weeks ago he was denying. So already that's a pretty big shift uh, and probably a good one, probably a healthy yeah. one. Um, secondly, um, he, ha- he had two two basic ideas. One was basically cutting back on payment for for new drugs, uh, new drugs that are developed. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act did a bit of that in the fall, um, and this is him kind of saying he wants to do more of that without really being specific about which drugs wouldn't be financed, where money for drugs would be cut, uh, and how that would work. And then the, the, the last part of this is really just kind of saying, oh, yeah, this funding gap, the rich is, are just going to pay for that. And that's not really very clear. Uh, Like, it's not clear that he has uh, support in Congress for that. Um, Obviously, a lot of the people that he points to uh, with incomes over $400,000 live in blue states. Uh, These, they live in in districts where members of Congress have been, Democratic members of Congress have been pushing back against tax increases and uh, reductions and and so eliminations of loopholes, even under Republican presidents. So it's unlikely that there's going to be broad support for this in Congress, even from Democratic members of Congress. So it's, it's an easy thing for him to say um, without really getting precise. And it's unlikely to be enough to really deal with the bigger problem. Yeah. And uh, so as we as we look at that bigger problem, I, I want to dig in just a little bit. You mentioned this idea of uh, eliminating some of these payments for some of the newer drugs. And, and we know this has been a big part of the escalating 
uh, cost of, of Medicare is some of these new technologies, these new drugs that are coming out that are very expensive, that are really uh, causing those funds to evaporate rather rapidly moving through. Uh, and this is one of those ways where you can sort of uh, make a cut without calling it a cut. Uh, you can just say it's limiting uh, what's coming. Give us an explanation of that, what that looks like. Yes, I mean, the. Uh, I, I think that's exactly right. The, the real cost increase in Medicare isn't really what people talk about in the sense of the retirement of the baby boom generation. It's not rising prices for existing services. The real cost is just the fact that there's so much new medical technology developed, so many new drugs, so many procedures for things that would previously have been inoperable that we now have more expensive uh, treatments for, increasingly precise treatments, surgeries that would never have been done before are now being done. So it's like the increased amount of stuff that's being done that is where the cost increases in Medicare is coming from. That said, out of the new procedures, the drug cost increase is, is a little bit different and probably the least problematic from a fiscal point of view. Because what happens to drugs is after a dozen years or so, they go off patent. And so even though a drug is expensive for a few years, any drug will, will after, after a decade or so, become very, very cheap. And so in the long term, uh, the increased cost problem associated with hospital, hospital care, new surgical procedures, new medical devices is a lot more problematic than the, the cost increases associated with, with, with drugs, which tend to resolve themselves uh, over the long run, purely because of patent expiry. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, that's so interesting uh, when you look at that, again, from the broader scale there. And so if we look at some real reform, uh, where does that conversation actually begin? And we can we can point to left and right as has messed uh, messed up plenty on all of this. But what's what is a real conversation again beyond headlines and bumper stickers? What does a real conversation start to sound like? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to we do need to think about uh, the addition of new procedures, new technologies to the program. Because uh, that is really what's going to double its cost over the next couple of decades. Uh, we, we're pretty indiscriminate about what we pay for. We, we, I, I think everyone kind of knows that the current benefit package is a good, solid benefit package. The question is, do we want to double the cost of the program for the addition of new technologies that aren't necessarily doubling the, the quality of care that people receive. Like, yes, we might be paying twice as much in future for additional technologies, but is that really worth it? And I think it's really a, a conversation about what kind of technology the program uh, goes on to cover in the future, like how much it really pays for incremental improvements, and what kind of mechanisms we can set up to really get costs coming back into the conversation a little bit. At the moment, Medicare just kind of pays indiscriminately and doesn't really think too much about the cost of new procedures. I think that's essentially what, what the program is going to have to think about uh, more and more over time. 
Yeah, it's going to have to sound like a, like the rest of us when we <laughs> we know when we just spend indiscriminately and we don't really think about it. Uh, in the end, it always comes back to to bite us, and I think that's what we're going to see with with Medicare. Is there anything else that you're watching, Christopher, as you see this kind of march forward? We we hear a lot of the gloom and doom and the the demonizing on both sides, uh, but is there anything else that you're watching that might give us uh, some indication that there is a path forward? Well, I mean, I, I think you got to be patient. Um, I, I think this op-ed is probably an indication that we're in campaign season already, and the president's running for re-election, and there's not going to be any bipartisan lawmaking before then. Um, but I, I think it's worth noting that over the past 40 years, Congress has repeatedly, uh, like, tinkered with Medicare, pruned its costs back, like, there neither Republicans nor Democrats really want to talk about this much. But pretty much every year for the past 40 years, Congress has has basically trimmed the cost of Medicare and kept it sustainable. It's, it was always the case that Medicare was unsustainable over the long run, but it always seems to manage to be sustainable in the rearview mirror. And that's because even though they don't talk about it, Congress keeps doing a reasonable job of keeping the cost under control without really uh, cutting care for beneficiaries too much. And I think, you know, it'll, in the future, it'll probably keep doing the same so long as it doesn't, so long as both parties don't pretend too much that they don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Which is such an ironic thing, right? <laughs> and what is actually getting done, they've been doing it for a long time. It's right. just uh, how they do it that always gets really interesting. Politicians collectively always try and pretend they're worse people than they actually are, often, <laughs> which I guess is a comforting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great insight as always. Christopher Pope, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Appreciate your perspective on this one, Christopher. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye. A great perspective there from Christopher. So, again, you have to think again. you got to look past the headlines. And, yes, the, the president is clearly going after some very low-hanging fruit on the political scale as he gets ready to launch his uh, re-election campaign. Uh, but there are other things that we have to get to, including just a reality check. And I, I'm so glad Christopher raised this because it's the important thing that Congress has been trimming and cutting back benefits to Medicare for 40 years. It's the only way they've been able to keep it sustainable. And so they're going to continue to do that. We can continue to watch that. But what we can't do is we can't allow either side of the aisle to just make this purely political fodder for their reelection campaigns. We've got to do better if we're going to have a sustainable Medicare system uh, that's actually going to help the American people. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.